Well, so glad that each and every one of you are here today. Honored to be with you. Name's Steve Collins. Social security number? No, here it is. If you're watching, if you're watching online, we welcome you today here at Church 1132. Hey, uh, so Pastor Grant, man, he had a great message last week. It really is one of the best messages I've heard on community. And it talked about getting involved in groups and the importance of that. And, and toward the end of uh, this message, I'm going to refer back to the importance of getting together in your group. Um, but, you know, during his message, he, he had a little illustration. You remember that? So I got my own illustration this morning, all right? Pastor, Pastor Grant came up and, you know, he had his plaque. How many of y'all remember this? He had his plaque and, and it was a certified plaque signed by somebody, okay, that he had a hole in one, all right? 177 yard hole in one someplace, all right? And, uh, and so it was really is a good illustration. I appreciate that, you know, and, uh, but Pastor Grant there in Frisco, uh, I don't mean to one-up you, but... I'm going to do it today, all right? I am going to do it today. Well, let me tell you a little story, guys, about whenever I was 12 years of age. Yes, I was on a Little League baseball team, and I, was, uh, I made the all-star team. It was all good. We, had the, we became the best team in Louisiana. Hold the applause. Hold the applause. We became the champions over eight states. Hold the applause. We got, no, 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 not yet, not yet. Okay, it, it gets better, okay? I mean, we traveled the whole southwest area that's, uh, of the United States that summer, and we continued to win, and we won, and we won, and we were literally undefeated. Our city in, uh, in Louisiana, they didn't know what to do with themselves. They were so excited for us. They had never had a team do something like that. I mean, we were interviewed, okay? We were interviewed on the local news. Could you imagine Stevie Collins getting interviewed at 12 years of age? My hair was down like this. Ugly hair. I mean, like, some of y'all can wear the hair. I, it, it, this one doesn't do that, all right? That's why I've had the same style the last 30 years and I ain't changing it, all right? So they're right there. It's good for me. It'll be good for you. So I, and I was sitting there and they put the, you know, tell me something, whatever the question, we, we play hard. You know, we do what coach tells us to do, you know, we're, you know, and that's about the interview. And that went on the news. I mean, it, they were so excited for us. Um, our news, our local newspaper sent people to follow us, to report on the games. Our games began to get broadcast on radio. I mean, this is, we hardly ever had radio back in the day. We had radio, okay? Just not cable TV. And um, we were invited to the Optimist Club and honored there. I don't know what the Optimist Club is, but it's a really good group of guys. And so, and uh, they loved on us. We even received a telegram from the governor of Louisiana. Telegram? I don't even know what a telegram is. I mean, it's like Morse code, like I'm an old country west, country show, you know, doing da, 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 whatever. I don't know. It's a telegram. Um, I, I, the only reason I know this is because I went back in my notes and looked. So just for you to prepare this, just for you. So every young boy had a, that played baseball had a dream at that time to be on television. And there was only one game that was televised all year long. And it was on ABC Wild World of Sports on a Sunday afternoon at the end of the summer. Some of y'all are old enough to know. It was the only game played by juvenile men, all right, little boys, all right, on television. We all wanted to be there. We all wanted to do it. And, and it, it, it was almost attainable for us. We came one game away 
from the World Series. One game away from being famous. It just didn't happen. You know, we, had a, we, we got beat by a team in Tampa. And you, you baseball players, y'all appreciate this. Uh, we got beat by a guy in Tampa, okay? A player, okay? He ended up uh, going to the pros. He was 12 years of age, six foot two and a half inches tall, and threw, okay, get this, not this, this is not the long pitcher, uh, pitch mound to the plate. This is the short. He threw an 80 mile an hour fastball. Probably it's about a hundred, over a hundred mile an hour equivalent to in the, I mean, it's crazy. This guy was nuts. I mean, he, we looked at him and was like, oh my goodness. And so he pitched a three hitter. Uh, uh, we, we got one run by the way. Um, I knocked the run in. Okay. Just to let you know, go ahead and stand an ovation for that. I think I closed my eyes and when it got right here, I just swung and it accidentally hit. And so something like that. Um, and he hit a two run home run literally over the lights. I had never seen a ball hit that. Like what just happened? It was the first in. I'm like, we are in trouble, but we gave them the run from the, but they ended up beating us. And that's it. That's it. That's the story. <laughs> Out of 6,000 teams that started that tournament, we were one of 16 in the entire United States to make it as far as we did. So pastor Grant, I do appreciate, okay, I do, I appreciate the golf thing, you know, and the, the hole in, the hole in one, okay, yeah, here's the deal, it does take a lot of luck to hit a hole in one, okay, there's a lot of luck involved in that, or there would be a whole bunch of people doing that, all right, there might be a little skill too, but, uh, and then I question the story, he had one witness, an unnamed best friend, okay. And somebody signed a document. I didn't know who signed it. I, I, he could have bought that on eBay or something, you know. Well, since he had the visual aid, I'm bringing my visual aid. How do you like my visual aid right here? Let me tell you about this visual aid, all right? Here we go. This was my 12-year-old hat, all right? You see those pins right there? Those are worth millions of dollars, okay? All right? Every one of those pins is when you advance to another tournament, you would get a pin. Most people in Little League, they have one or two. And look at that. I can't hardly even hold this thing. It's so heavy. It's amazing. And this is the jacket. And, it's, and you see the Louisiana emblem here. And you see all the titles we won during that time. So there's my prop. Prop guy, you can come here now. But there's more. But there's more. Oh, yes, there is. If you'll direct your attention to the... To, to the LED wall right now. I'd like to show you something. I understand it's a bad picture. I, I'm sorry when you're in the when you're in the newspaper. I'm sorry, you know. Uh, that's little Stevie right there. See, my dad said Stevie right there. Catch! I was getting ready to throw somebody out at second, Pastor. I just want you to know. And we whooped that team. And Pastor Grant, I know you had a witness. Excuse me. Take a look at this. Right there, right there, right there, right there, right there. Okay, right there. So, so sorry for the self-indulgence. I think that might have something to do with the message. I hope it does, all right? Sorry for the self-indulgence, but you know, I am getting a little bit tired of Pastor Dustin asking these very talented, anointed, gifted, good-looking young preachers that come up here with their fancy white shoes. I'm gonna tell you something, right? The old man is gonna demand some respect right now, all right? I get my respect. Thank you, Lord.
In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. There we go. Oh, thank you for being here today. We're in a series entitled On Deck. Baseball. Baseball. Go figure Pastor Dustin would have a baseball illustration, you know. Next thing you know, he'll have a hunting illustration or something. Or an illustration about his kids or something like that. I, I said, you know what? Pastor and I would not be able to preach if we couldn't preach something about sports or hunting or our kids and family. I tried literally one time. I heard Lisa do a really great illustration. It was an illustration on shopping. She pulled it off. It was awesome. I tried to pull it off. Bomb. I mean, bomb. It was horrible. So no, no shopping illustrations for me. Although Pastor D could do a really good shopping illustrations. As you can tell, he's very fashionable. There he is. It's the last time I'm preaching. Hey, there's one thing that's constant through my illustrious baseball career all the way through high school. Okay? There's one thing that's constant. I always love to be on deck. Always wanted to be on deck because that means I get to bat next. I was so excited to be on deck. You know, this series on deck is about you finding your place. It's your turn. It's your turn to play. It's our turn to play. That's what we're, we've been talking about the last three weeks. Pastor Dustin always says that God's not called us to be spectators, but to be participators. God wants us participating. You know, we have a church to grow. We have a people to reach. We have a kingdom to advance. God didn't save us to sit Okay, he saved us to serve. God sent Jesus to die on the cross to save us from the bondage of sin and death. We were literally going to hell. Okay, Jesus, God sent Jesus to the cross. Now we can go to heaven when we accept Jesus as our Savior. He did not save us and do all that for us to sit. He did that. He saved us so we can help advance the kingdom of God. He can do it himself. If he wants to do it himself, he can do it. He gets to... But, he chose us to do it. He chose us to, to advance the kingdom of God with him. What a privilege it is to be able to have that. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 16 in the uh, NLT. He makes the whole body fit together perfectly. That's us. We're the body of Christ. He makes the whole body fit together perfectly. Each part, that's you, that's me. Each part does its own special work. You have a special work. You have a special thing that God's called you to. I do as well. It helps the other parts grow so that the whole body, listen to this. This is so good. We all play our roles that God tells us to, to, to play. We, walk, we step up to the plate. And why do we do that? So the whole body is healthy. So the whole body is growing and that the body is full of love. Man, that is what we want Church 1132 to be about. Healthy church, growing church, and full of love. So we see that all of us, okay, all of us are on the team, but all of us have to find the position that God's placed us. We all don't play the same position. You know, in all of my years of ministry, okay, and there's been a few of them, I will just say this, and Pastor can attest to this as a, as a lead pastor. The happiest, okay, the most satisfied, happiest people in the church are those, okay, those who are serving and those who are involved. It's just true. 
It is true. You see the happiest people around you, there's a good chance either they're faking, okay, or they genuinely are satisfied because they're serving the Lord in the church. You know, Jesus died for the church. I think we should live for the church. I mean, it's the least that we could do. If he died for the church, we could live. We could sacrifice. We could serve the church. So let's make sure that we're all in the right position, okay? Before we get going, let's make sure we're all in the right position and we all get a chance to get to step up to the batter's box, all right? So what does on deck mean? A, cu- a few things that I want to, want to hit, all right? On deck, first of all, means that you're called. You're called. I love to be on deck. And I remember when the coach would say, Collins, Collins, get your bat. You're on deck. I'm like, oh boy, it's time. I am ready. He called my name. The coach called me. I want you to understand every one of us have been called. Every one of us. God has called each and every one of us by name. He created us. He formed us. He fashioned us. There's something special that God has just for us. Paul said in Galatians chapter 1, verse 15, 16, he says, but even before I was born, even before I was born, God chose me and he called me by his marvelous grace. Paul was called by God. Jeremiah, in the book of Jeremiah, the Lord says about Jeremiah, I knew you before I formed you in your mother's womb. Before you were born, I set you apart and I appointed you as a prophet to the nation. Most of you understand and have heard me talk about my dad and how my dad would affirm me and how my dad would say, Stevie. Yes, he would say Stevie. And yes, he still says Stevie. And feel free to call me Pastor Stevie if you'd like, all right? I should have stuck with it. It's a great brand. I just, someday I just went, the, the junior high years, I had to throw the Stevie out, all right? Shouldn't have done it. But he'd look at me and say, Stevie, I want you to understand something. God's created you special. There's something special that he's called you to do. He created you in this world to do something that nobody else in this entire world will be able to do other than you. And I, in turn, have said that to you. God's made you special. He's created you. He's formed you. He's fashioned you just the way you are. God don't make junk, okay? You're special. He's he's created you just the way you are to touch a world that no one else can touch just the way you can touch. See, you're called by God. I don't know about you, but I sense in my heart that he wants to do more in my life. He wants to do new things in my life. I just sense that he wants more. There's something new that God has for me. I'm reminded in Isaiah chapter 43, 19, behold, I will do something new. I just declare it over us right now, over us as individuals in our marriages, with our family and our church. Behold, I will do something new. Now it will spring forth. Will you not be aware of it? Of course we're going to be aware of it because it's going to be right there, all right? I will even make a roadway in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. Every new level attained always begins one step, one new step in one new direction. That's what I'm asking you to do today, to pray through. Is there one new step that God's calling you in one new direction? Is there one thing that God's calling you to do to step up in a way that you've not stepped before and that you've not walked in before? So let me just say this. If for some reason you might be on the bench of the kingdom right now, the kingdom of God, you sit in the bench and you know you sit in the bench. I want to encourage you 
to get off that bench, all right? Know that your name's been called and walk out your call. So we see that each and every one of us have been called. But secondly, when we're in the batter's box, we're coached. We're coached. You might want to say equipped. We've been equipped. You know, when you think about, when you think about a guy who goes to the batter's box, when he gets his bat, it's not the first time he's held the bat in his hand. Like, what is this? This is a bat. What do you do with this? Of course, he has held that bat hundreds and thousands of times. He has swung. He's practiced. He's gone to the batting cages. Yeah, this person has worked hard. They've worked on their hand-eye coordination. They've paid coaches to teach them how to hit better. All this stuff. Let me just say this. They step in ready. The person in the, on deck steps in the batter's box ready. I just want you to know that you're ready. You're ready. Wherever God's brought you from, you're ready. You're qualified. You're in church. You've been saved. You have a heart for God. You love to worship God. Some of you are actually gone through our discipleship at church, uh, 1132 You. Some of you are in groups from Pastor Grant preaching last week. You are ready. You're equipped. You've been coached. Well, you say, well, what do I do? Ready for what? How do I do this? Well, ready to contribute. You're ready to participate. You're ready to give. You're ready to serve. Yet, Listen to me. It's game time. It's, this is not we're wondering when the game is going to happen. It's game time now. There are people right now all around us that need the love of Jesus. They need to be saved. They're dying, going to hell. They're addicted. Their marriages are being destroyed. Man, our young people are being demolished. And you know, we need to understand there's an urgency. It's game time. There's not been a rain out. Okay. It's not been a delay. It's happening right now. We see in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10, that we're called to be in that game. It says, for we are God's workmanship. I love that. Another version says, you're his masterpiece. He's been working on you. He worked on you. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. Why did he create you just the way you are as a masterpiece? So you would in turn work for him. Do you see that? It says it right there. He says, created in Christ Jesus to do good works. Have you found your call? Are you walking in your call? Are you stepping into your call? Are you on deck? Are you ready to get, are you ready to get up to bat? You know, every player on deck knows three things the coach has told them. First thing... Everybody, every, every player knows that the coach says, get your protection on, get your helmet, all right? Get your helmet, get your helmet. And these days, you got face guards, you got elbow pads, you got foot guards, you got like $100 gloves. I mean, back in the day, I mean, this is what my dad said. Spit, put it on the ground like this, go like this, and rub it in your bat. Try it, it's better than gloves. It's amazing. Just don't pass the bat to anyone else. So we get protection. I just want to talk with you pastorally just a moment. Where do we find protection? We're going to advance the kingdom of God. There's things that God's birthed in your heart. You know it's there. You're ready to step. It could be volunteering at the church. It could be that God's called you to start a ministry. God's called you to give a certain, uh, certain thing. But something he's called you to. But you're ready to go out. You're ready to venture out. I want to just share with you. 
Where do we get the protection? The first place we get protection is from the local church. It's not because I've pastored all this time. But I'll just tell you the truth. The Bible tells us that the church is a storehouse. And the storehouse, that means that we're covered. It, It talks about a spiritual covering that comes from the body, our leaders in the body. And so if you right now, for some reason, you're detached, you're not connected, you're not become a member, you're not a member, you need to. Whether it's here or somewhere else, you need to get covered. Okay, you need to be covered with protection. All right, for for eleven thirty two, we make it really easy. I mean, I mean, we have online on demand classes. I think four of them. Most of us gone through them. Four of them, and you can go through those, and you can become a member. When you become a member, what you're doing is you're committing yourself to us. But we in turn are committing ourselves to you as well. And we bring covering for you, for your family, for your marriage, for your business. So it's important. That's the first place you get covered. Don't go. I'll just say this. Don't go with your water pistol storming hell. Okay. Don't do it without some covering. Second bit of covering that God talks about is the armor of God in Ephesians 6. And so each and every day, I remember just, just the first service, felt like things are going, I felt like I need some armor, and I felt like the enemy, was, and I'm like, I just put the armor of God. Uh, I put the helmet, of, uh, the, the helmet of salvation on. I have the mind of Christ, the breastplate of righteousness. Thank you, Lord. Right, my righteousness comes from the blood of Jesus. The shield of faith in the name of Jesus, I stand. And so you start that, and so you have covering. You have protection. The second thing that every batter knows the coach wants him to do is to swing the bat. Get warmed up. Swing the bat. I just happen to have another prop. I mean, this is something else, man. I am the prop guy today, all right? Here we go. Fancy bat, Pastor Pastor Keon. Never, never, never underestimate a guy who wants to spend a lot of money on bats and tennis shoes. Sorry, bro. Sorry. Katrina's saying, amen, amen. Get him, Pastor. You get on deck. You start swinging the bat. You swing the bat. You start, and and, and it loosens you up. You want to get your back loosened up, your shoulders, you know. Everybody has their own different way to get loosened up, but you're getting ready. You're swinging the bat. And then, next level, okay, you put the weight on there. Yes, a donut. And so there's weight there. And so it does an even better job. It stretches you even more. Okay. Right now, I'm literally hearing my back crick. Okay. So Lisa's like, please don't do that anymore. I understand. And so that donut, it does help you loosen up more. But the main thing the donut does, it gets you swinging. And I'm not going to hit the very expensive podium. Okay. It, 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 It gets you swinging. And then when you come over and you, right before it's time to go, Okay, you're like, whoa, man, that thing feels light. I mean, and your bat speed is fast. You're ready to go. And so it's interesting to me, the very thing that weights you down could be the thing that helps you win. The thing that weights you down could be the thing that helps you win. Let me explain, okay? Let me explain to you, all right? Me personally... All right. I'm just talking about me. Not talking about you. Just talking about me. All right. Um, Some people might look at my life when I tell them a little bit more about my life, what I'm getting ready to tell you. Some of the things that I've incorporated in my life. And you might look at that and go, man, that's heavy. That's heavy. 
First of all, I tithe. Lisa and I have tithed. We can't remember a time when we were kids or when married that we've not tithed. We tithe, okay? You might, whoa, 10% of it. Yes, yes, forever. And we'll continue forever. We submit to authority. I submit to authority. Pastor, you're the founding pastor of that church. You started the church. What do you mean you submit to authority? Why do you submit to authority? Well, because the coach tells me to submit to authority. You know, forgive. I forgive people that don't deserve my forgiveness. Can, can I hear an amen out there? Okay. And, but the Lord, the Lord, the coach, he tells me to forgive. And so these are things that you think, you look and man, that's, that's heavy, that's weighty. Loving people who might not be very lovable. Trying to find joys and joy in the midst of trials. That's heavy. How about waiting patiently for the Lord? <laughs> if you missed it, that's what I did. Just trying to make sure everybody's paying attention. Serving, serving in the church. These are things that you might look at my life and go, man, that's heavy. You could take that money. You could do this with it. That person doesn't deserve this. Man, you, you know, we're Americans. We're free. You don't have to be under authority. Oh, there's all kinds of things that you could think of. Okay? But I'm going to tell you from my, point of, uh, my, my perspective, my point of view, the very thing that you think might weight me down is the very thing that helps me succeed. Listen to me. It helps me succeed in walking out my calling. Okay, I got, I, got, I got over 40 years, okay, doing this kind of thing. And these are the things that help me succeed. You know, no one makes me tithe. No one. I, I remember early on, you know, I'd have people in the church, Pastor, you don't need to tithe. You get paid from the church. Are you kidding me? I'm not missing tithing. Such an opportunity. But, you know, the reason, there's a number of reasons why I tithe. One is that the Bible says, when you don't give your tithe, you're robbing me and you're cursed with a curse. Okay? That's what the Bible says. Okay? Now, that's not why I tithe. I tithe because he tells me to and he says that he'll rebuke the devourer on my behalf. He says he'll open up the windows of heaven on my behalf. He says he'll break the curse off me. And, be, and so every time we get paid, Lisa and I, get, we go online, we get our phone, and I say, you ready? You ready? And so and we pray, thank you, Lord, you're rebuking the devourer on behalf of our family. Thank you, Lord, in the name of Jesus, you're breaking curses off of us. Thank you, Lord, that you're opening up the windows of heaven for every time. Now, you say it's heavy. I say it's freedom. Okay? You, you say it's weakness. I say it's empowering. Do you understand what I'm saying? So the very weight that people might think that that's on me is the very thing that's allowing me to walk in victory. I mean, why come under authority? Well, maybe because the Bible in Romans 13 says... To come under authority, all authority has been given by God. And those who resist authority reap corruption upon themselves. I'm not interested in that. I love it coming under authority because there's, there's covering there. There's protection there. Does that make sense? And, and so even a founding pastor needs covering. 
We need covering, all of us. Forgiveness. You know, well, there are people who don't, don't, they don't deserve forgiveness. I understand. I do. I got it. Believe you me. I got a list of them. Okay? The reason I forgive is because the Bible tells us in Matthew 18 that those who don't forgive, he says, he releases tormenting spirits on us. That's what it says. That's not Old Testament. That's New Testament. The most theological book in the Bible, Romans. Okay? That's what it says. I'm not interested, okay, in tormenting spirits. And over the years, unfortunately, I have seen hundreds and hundreds of people carrying that unforgiveness and are tormented and tormented and tormented. And then it's such a joyous time when we just share it with them, see the word, and they forgive and it releases and they're free. It's amazing. So the very thing that we think weights us down, I'm telling you, I got 40 years in doing these things. There are natural laws. You drop the mic, okay? I understand other than being getting in trouble, okay, I understand. It falls every time. Spiritual laws. These are spiritual laws I'm talking about. And when you do it, it happens every time. The third thing that happens when you're on deck, all right? You get focused. You get focused. The coach says, get focused. Study that picture. See where the ball comes out of his hand. See, and he, get focused. Start telling yourself you can do it. One of, the, one, of the, one of the most powerful, powerful things I've done as I've coached baseball is I've looked at a young man and I said, right before he goes up to bat, you can do it. You're better than him. I'm telling you. I know you, I know you struck out last time, but I'm tell, I've seen you at practice. You've hit somebody way better. You can do Go do it. I'm going to go out there. That's what being on deck is about. So when you're on deck, you're called. When you're on deck, you're coached. When you're on deck, you're challenged. Challenged. Right after the coach gives you those words of affirmation, guess what? The pitcher, six foot two and a half that he is, is sitting there and he just struck out your friend. I mean, just struck him out with a wicked curveball and he's throwing the ball and he's going, come on, you're next, bud, you're next. And that's what begins to start getting our mind. Hey, the umpire's strike zone is way too big. To, when, that, when I went against this guy last time, he nailed me in the back and it hurt. I, I, you know what? I got a girlfriend in the stands and I don't want to strike out in front of her. All kind of things that go through your mind. But when we get moving forward, we get challenged. The enemy will always attempt to knock you down when you're stepping up. He will. He'll attempt to knock you down. You know, when you start thinking, I'm going to go on that mission trip. Or I'm going to actually start tithing. Or I'm going to join that church. Or I'm going to start this ministry. Whatever it might be that God's calling you to next, I want you to understand, right at that moment, God, the enemy will say, and he'll point out all your negatives. He'll say, you're not qualified. What are you talking about? Oh, my goodness. You're not gifted enough. You're not mature enough to do that. No way. You're not needed there. No, you're too busy. You can't afford to do that. It'll start bringing up your past. Remember about this? And you think you want to? Oh, no. That's what the enemy does. We cannot entertain defeat and then expect victory. Do you hear me? You can't entertain defeat and expect victory. It just can't happen. So don't let the enemy, don't let the enemy talk you out of it before you go up to bat. I mean, a lot of us, we'll go up to bat, we're like, oh, we're just out. No, no, you just say, 
Satan, get thee behind me. You just tell him, Satan, get thee behind me. No weapon formed against me will prosper. I declare it in Jesus' name. I thank, thank God that my God delivers the victory every time for me. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Get up to bat. You know, there's one thing for certain. 100% of the time, we fail when we don't try. It's just for certain. So on deck means you're next. But you're the only one that can make the decision to go, to take the step. The reason I'm sharing this message with you today is not to try to get more people working in the church, to make the church. Well, the reason I'm sharing it pastorally is that I want to see you thrive. I want to see you thrive. I want to see you grab a hold of the anointing that happens when you serve the very institution that Christ died for. We've worked and served in the community. We've worked and served in the school system. We've done a lot, of that, but there's nothing that we get more payback than serving in God's church. Hebrews chapter 6 verse 10 says, For God, the faithful one, is not unfair. How can he forget the beautiful work that you've done for him? He remembers the love you demonstrate as you continually serve his beloved ones for the glory of his name. Last week, we lost one of our long-term, long-time members, Pete Coffey. Some of you might know who Pete is. Some of you think you don't know who he is. But when I tell you who he is, you might know who he is. The white-headed gentleman, the elderly white-headed gentleman that always wore a suit and tie and greeted you at the door. Pete Coffey. You know, he did it for 25 years. He did that for 25 years. Pete, I cannot imagine the thousands of people. I'm talking thousands and thousands and thousands of people that he greeted at our door. And he was the first representation of Christ that people would see. What a powerful ministry. Psalm 84.10 says, Better is one day in, the, in, in your courts than thousand elsewhere. I'd rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God, literally a doorkeeper, than dwell in the tents of the wicked. Here's the deal. Pete served. He served this church faithfully. No matter all the changes that happened in this church 25 years, never complained, okay? We never got an email for Pete, okay? Always tithed, never saw a fundraising campaign without a chance to give. And you look out on that wall in the lobby, you can walk out there when you leave. And on that wall... There's, a, there, there's kind of a history of the church. Pete's pretty much been a part of all that history. And so, yes, Pete went to be with the Lord. But I want you to understand, what he left here was a legacy. And guess what? You're part of his legacy. I'm part of his legacy. All the scores of people in the future are part of his legacy. When Pete was dying of cancer and he knew his days were numbered, guess who was around him? His group. His brothers and sisters in Christ. 
the day before he died, guess who was there? His long-term pastor for 25 years. And when he said, Pastor, it just didn't seem it would happen so fast. And he said, I'm scared. Guess who was there? To lay their hands on Pete's head and ask God for the spirit of peace to come on him and grace. And watched him right there receive the peace. And he went to be with the Lord. That's what what serving the church is all about. That's what's finding your people, finding your call. That's what it's all about. He's hit a grand slam, okay? He hit the grand slam. But there's a batter box that's empty right now. I wonder, will you, will you fill that batter's box? Whatever it is that God's called you to, will you say yes? We're asking you right now, Lord, will you just place a yes in our hearts? Whatever it is that you have, Lord, whatever, can you get to a point where you say, Lord, whatever it is, I'm desperate for you. Whatever it is that you have for me, my answer's yes. My answer's yes. My answer's yes. Will you please stand up?